0: the Astros come away with a big victory getting the win go up 2 to 1 in this series a big 5 to 3 decision over the Dodgers and Robert my co-host here that's Robert Bland Brad Peacock simply sensational what do you have to say about that effort coming in to relieve Lance McCullers yeah
1: i wanted you to go ahead and start this one off because hey man Brad Peacock let's remember rg this guy is making half a million dollars. His wife said at the beginning of the year, they thought that there was a big possibility that that Brad Peacock wasn't even going to make the major league roster. They were thinking he might be going to Japan. This is the guy that saved the day for the Astros. This is a 41st round draft choice. I I don't know if fans remember this, but Brad Peacock pitched a total, a total the last two seasons before this year. Of 36 innings, he had back issues that had been bothering him for most of the last three or four years for him. Remember, he came over in that Jed Lowry trade along with Chris Carter and Max Stassi. And RG, Uh, Brad Peacock has become one hell of a story. And I'm so happy for this guy because from start to finish, and I don't think there's any, any argument here, from start to finish, Brad Peacock was the best pitcher on the Astros this season.
0: Yeah, by the way, did you notice that uh, I started off the show and you came in in relief there, too? Kind of like what Brad Peacock did. Absolutely. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Handing it off to you. But anyway, yeah, I wanted to say a, a remarkable effort. You're exactly right about that. He was a consistent pitcher throughout the season, whether the Astros needed him out of the bullpen or they needed him to start. He was really good, and uh, he excelled. He was consistent. When he had that kind of initial start in the postseason against the Boston Red Sox, you know, he didn't even make three innings. I believe. I had to, what was it, two and two thirds back then? And he was lifted, and then he didn't get another start in the postseason. It's kind of like where did Brad Peacock go? But he's always been that guy that you could call on too, because he had a microscopic ERA, was a very consistent performer out of the bullpen, and showed tonight. I mean, his fastball was on, and he and Brian McCann they basically just said, "Let's like with the Lance McCullers and the curveball closing out the Yankees in Game Seven, let's use that fastball. You've got it working because he's Brad." Peacock's had some problems with that slider throughout the, throughout the post season in his last few outings. And so he still wasn't really able to place the slider like he wanted to, it, you know, it was kind of dropping a little bit in the zone there. So, uh, or at, at the bottom of the, the uh, just outside the zone there. So he really had to go to the fastball and that was on And the Dodger hitters just were not connecting with it. I mean, they ended up not getting any hits off of him and then he, he looks like goose Gossage out there and, you know, goes more than three innings. That was an old time save. And for all the Astros, too, we you know, we've talked about data driven team analytics. I mean, you saw that with the Dodgers and Dave Roberts, the way he went and made moves. But A.J. Hinch gone with his gut a couple of times and it's paid off. And sometimes you just have to do that. Throw away the binders. Look at how the guy's pitching. He completely had the Dodgers mesmerized. Brad Peacock was sensational and is a great story. And this is how you win championships. Everybody contributes. Everybody, a different hero every day and a guy that you weren't maybe even expecting. And so now I say, like, you know, Peacock, done your job. You know, give him a couple of days off. Let him get ready in case there's a game six or a game seven if necessary. And he can be that weapon out of the
1: pen. Dodgers want to bullpen you to death. The Astros want to start you to death. I mean, they're just we're just going to we don't need a bullpen. We're just going to go straight starters on you, RG. That's that's how we're going to do this thing. (laughs)
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, You know, especially after the last game, I mean, there's got to be some apprehension about Giles right now. I mean, we had discussed it. You know, a couple of days here, you know, the Astros have the lead now. I mean, he's still going to get an opportunity. They have a lead in the ninth inning. I I still think that, you know, that A.J. Hinch is probably going to call on Giles. He'll have had a couple of days' rest. He pitches better at Minute Maid Park, like uh, a lot of players uh, perform better at home. So, with the crowd amped up behind him, But at least for for this Game 3 and to kind of change the tone of the series, because really uh, if you look at it now, too, the way that things are set up, what you mentioned right there about the starters, the Astros have Charlie Morton going for Game 4. But look at who the Dodgers had to go through today. They had to go through Hugh Darvish. He didn't even make it out of the second inning, just an inning and two-thirds. Then they had Kenta Maeda. They had Tony Watson, Brandon Morrow, Tony Singrani, and finally Russ Stripling. So you had all these guys go for the Dodgers. I mean, so, yeah, they hit away Josh Fields and Brandon McCarthy, the two guys the Astros got to. But these are their key arms. These are the guys that they're going to need. And they have Alex Wood going in game four. And even if Kershaw can go eight or nine, the Dodgers throughout the season, you know, they pretty much said, you know, six or seven innings. So they didn't pitch Kenley Johnson tonight. But you have to think advantage, at least over the short term with the Astros here, because the more i know the dodgers have a dynamic bullpen they have the great bullpen we've heard about it throughout the whole world series here advantage dodgers with their great bullpen but the more you keep throwing guys out of there maybe one guy comes in off rhythm one guy doesn't have the mechanics that night and and you know, that, that can be and or it has pitched back to back and just had a heavy workload the night before and, and then has to go in and pitch a, a back-to-back game. So I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what Dave Roberts does because you know, other than Kenley Jansen, who had a couple of days rest, uh, and and the guys we mentioned who the Astros connected with and extra innings uh, the, in Game Two, you know, he's going to have to go back to guys. You know, if he wants to use Brandon Morrow, he pitched. And then if he, had, he wants to use Brandon Morrow in a game Game Five, three days in a row, I mean, he's got to be made, measured about the way that he uses him in a Game Four. So I mean, again. This is big for the Astros, and hopefully the offense continues the way that it's been going because if they can get to Alex Wood early and make the Dodgers go to their bullpen in Game 4, I mean, that will really make things interesting.
1: You say this all the time, RG, but as good as the Dodgers' bullpen was, and I think it was something like 21 straight innings without giving up a run going into that Game 2, the end of that wild one, and then the Astros all of a sudden showed, "Oh, oh, wait a second, these guys... They might be human a little bit, but we know this, RG. In baseball, what comes up must come down. I mean, averages average, and you know, as good as the Dodgers bullpen has been all year, you knew that they weren't going to be perfect forever. And at some point, you were going to start to see a little, you know, a hole here or there. And, And and you started to see that. And the Astros, I think, got a little bit of confidence, and and just going up against you, Darvish. At least it was a guy that the Astros were familiar with, and and that has to
0: help too. Yeah, Yu Darvish is a really good pitcher. I mean, let's say he had a 4-1 career record going against the Astros coming into this game. He's really comfortable pitching in Minute Maid Park. But A.J. Hinge mentioned in the postgame his slider wasn't working. And once you take away one of a guy's really good pitches, then hitters can key in on the others. And, yeah, I they really, you know, took advantage of that, The Yuli. Uh, Gurriel home run and then uh, the stringing together the consecutive hits, uh, you know, you had Marwin Gonzalez driving in a run there and Brian McCann as well. And then Alex Bregman you know, with that sack fly, too. But I, I I, found like Maeda coming in actually was very helpful for the Dodgers. And, uh, you know, and then the Astros, the very next inning after they get the four uh, to zero lead, remember, Lance McCullers was on the mound and he walks three straight guys. And I thought that was a huge out. Uh, when he got, of course, that double play, Corey Seager at the plate, because Corey Seager, I mean, that he's a great hitter. Uh, you know, we have already seen he can hit the ball out of the ballpark. He's, you know, one of the Dodgers' best hitters. Got that double play, it really made things, it, was, it enabled Lance to really get out of that inning without having the Dodgers put up a crooked number. Uh, so I, I think that that was key as well.
1: I wanted to really be happy about what the troll doll did tonight, but uh, boy, it's it, it really uh, it was really bad. Scene afterwards, and uh, RG, uh, it looks like you know he's he's going to apologize. He's to to you, Darvish, for the gesture that he made, the slant eye gesture, and you know racist
0: gesture, I guess. And really, I didn't I didn't hear about that. Is that yeah? Th- th- that-
1: this is uh, pretty big news. I you know it's uh, all over. Twitter as I'm looking at this right after the game. And, you know, I had to play catch up a little bit, um, because I was, uh, I was out, uh, for some of the game, working on some high school football and got back and, uh, just played catch up a little bit on the DVR. So I didn't see this as it was happening, see what happened via Twitter. But, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, Yuli, you know, incredible game was hitting the ball, uh, just busting it with the home run and the double and all that kind of thing. And, hate to see that because the Astros you just don't see that kind of behavior from from Houston and that's what I liked about this team loved about this team kind of love about most of our teams is we just don't do those sorts of things so that that's tough to see yeah, I mean
0: if he did do that that's terrible and I actually he should go over and apologize to you Darvish and uh, you know face to face I mean that's just there's just no reason to do something like that I, again I haven't seen this I don't know about the story so I'm just going based off what you're reporting here. And if that's the case, that that's sad, but I mean, it's still, you know, that the, the Astros, uh, you know, vast majority. And again, you know, maybe the, I, I obviously made a, a huge mistake and I'll have to apologize about that. But for the most part, like you said, the great team, great guys. And, uh, especially it's a very diverse, uh, and multicultural clubhouse. So you would, you would hope that, you know, AJ Hinch and, uh, his uh, uh, bench coaches and everybody else can in the organization can come together after something like that. But at least right now we can at least be celebrating the victory on the field, uh, two to one.
1: Let me talk a little bit about the offense because we talked about what they were able to do. And and it was really a team effort. George Springer doing things again, the double and and don't forget that incredible catch that he makes out in center field to Astros defense. Once again, fantastic The throw to second base to get Puig trying to stretch the single into the double, or maybe it should have been a double to begin with. It seemed like Puig might not have been going full speed the whole way, but the Astros just don't make a whole lot of mistakes defensively. And they make a lot of extraordinary plays out there as well. Uh, But the offense did scare me a little bit, RG because they did leave 12 on base and they were three for 14 with runners in scoring position. You felt like maybe they left some runs out there and, and that's a game where you know, Even though the, the Dodgers, are, oh, you're struggling the whole time, you get a guy on base and it's one swing of the bat and it's a tie ball game. And we know how quickly things can change as we just saw what happened with the Astros and Dodgers in game two, uh, the Springer uh, almost grand slam boy, that sure would have made my heart feel a little bit better a little bit earlier in this one than it did. I mean, that that was so
0: close. I thought coming off the bat and the way his reaction was, didn't you, I thought it was gone. I know that's the deepest part of the park too, but I guess where I was thinking it was probably gone was when he did the little flip of the bat at home plate where it was like, yeah, I just connected on this. That's out of the park. But I also know that that's the deepest part. And we remember from the days, even though that Towles Hill's not there, anymore uh yeah that, that at least uh uh you know they with the with the new configuration that it's a little bit easier to hit a home run out of there but that's still a deep park i, th- I think they say it's the six hardest a center field to hit it out of in in, in baseball so yeah i mean uh that would have really that would have been you know Lights out. I mean, the Astros ended up winning the game five to three any, anyway with uh, Brad Peacock coming in there for for the ninth inning and in the save. But yeah, having like George Springer uh, connect on that and hit a a grand slam would have been great. But hey, you just all you do is win. It doesn't matter if you win fourteen to two or you win two to one or one to zero. It's all the same. It's a, just another victory in the World Series. And getting back to your previous point though about the bats, yeah, I uh, that's another thing. Uh, le- too many men left on base in scoring position. When you have uh, 12 left on base in the previous game, two, it was also nine. But the good news is the Astros have finally broken out of it. They had 11 hits in game two and 12 hits in, in game three. So this is the offense that we're, we're accustomed to having good at bats, uh, you know, stringing together hits getting uh, extra base hits and scoring a lot of runs. So I, you know, I, I'll keep taking these 10, 11, 12 plus hit games. Josh Reddick. He's also back like Springer and Brian McCann,
1: RG. Look at that. He's got, he got three hits. He's the the hottest guy on the whole team. You're number nine hitter.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's a lengthy lineup, isn't it? Yeah. The other thing
1: I got to mention, of course, besides the offense, Lance McCullers, uh, he starts the game. Uh, got got himself in trouble with some walks. I'm just like, just please don't walk, guys, after we got all these runs. Don't start making it easy for him to get back into it. He gets out of it the first time. And then I think Hinch thought, yeah, the second time I was like, okay, that's enough. But uh, Lance McCullers on Twitter, he says, what a team performance. Holy, wow, as is as the, the word that he used, not the holy cow that Harry Carey he said. Minute Made was crazy. Let's go, H-Town hashtag two more and and mccullers uh giving you one great performance really after another uh yeah the, he gave up the the three runs but he he left with uh i think there was still only one run but, but mckee peacock had to kind of pitch uh re- really a houdini act to get out of that stuff but i mean again, right. lance mccullers just you look at the last three performances he's given you in the playoffs and you you can't ask for more for what this guy's been able to do for you.
0: Well, it was, I was mean, a uh, second and third, and you're right. And so uh, one of the runs came in there. And then, of course, when Justin Turner moved over uh, to third base, he came in on uh, the, the wild, wild pitch. pitch yeah, yeah. That yeah was, uh, so, And that was when Peacock, again, was still trying to get a feel for his slider. And that's when McCann said, look, your fastball's working. You just got to keep going with that. But getting back to Lance McCullers, this is why I like it. This is why it sets up. I mean, you don't want to think ahead to Game 6 and Game 7, and who knows how things will shake out, because we, we all know that, that A.J. Hinch might, in a Game 6, if Justin Verlander's on the mound and he needs, like, you know, six uh, outs or three outs, he might go to Lance McC I would probably save Lance McCullers for a Game 7, but I mean, now you have this weapon in the bullpen, too, like a peacock, or who knows who, like, or Ken Giles. If, if there is even a game—I'm just speculating right now, but— Uh, This is why you at least kind of like in the future, if there is a game seven, you got to hand it to somebody. It's like Lance McCullers loves these situations. He lives for it. He's a he's a competitor. And so, you know, he's going to give you all he's got, even when he's like still struggling with some command and mechanics. So I I think that's at least a good thing. You know, you both of these guys, Peacock. And McCullers, they basically gave the rest of the staff a rest tonight. So for me, they're out. You know, forget about them on over the weekend. Let them watch football. Uh, let them watch Stranger Things on Netflix, whatever they want to do there. You know, be rah-rah guys in the dugout. Get them ready in case there's a possible game six and game seven in Los Angeles. And now you have, uh, for these next two games, you got Charlie Morton. you got your whole bullpen Really outside of that that you can use, and then you have like uh, D- Dallas Keuchel, who you're hoping can give you a good six or seven innings on Sunday, and then go to your main, you know, guys, whoever you want to be in the bullpen, and then save save the other guys for if the series does have to return to Los Angeles. But the Astros are going to be looking to to close it out in Houston.
1: Well, the one thing uh, we have to say about this game is the the Astros did one thing for sure: the Dodgers cannot win this. World Series without going through Justin Verlander again so even if they're able to right. get one or two games here they've still got to face Verlander in game six so you at least you know you've got to that point at, at, at worst case scenario and then the other thing is you could say oh they, they could go with Morton and the bullpen tomorrow well you might go you might see the same formula by AJ maybe he just decides Let me try Morton
0: and Colin McHugh the rest of the game. You know, you just don't know. He he might just try it again. Yeah, that's a good idea. You know, he might. Yeah, you don't you don't know what he might decide to do. But I mean, they're going to try to get four to five innings out of out of Morton. And like they did the last time, let him at least get a couple of times through the order, see how far they can stretch him out. Uh, And he's also going up against Alex Wood. Who's a guy again with the Dodgers who, you know, rarely pitches five, six innings. He's a lefty. Uh, you know, he he can be difficult. I mean, he had a good good year, uh, good solid year, but he's not somebody that you're going to be looking to get length out of. Who's going to go eight or nine innings? So, uh, for for uh, Charlie Morton as well, like you said, you can. Bring in guys. Plus, you have your whole bullpen available, so you can bring in Musgrove for an inning or two. You can you can go to uh, Will Harris, warmed up but wasn't used in this game three. You can go to Will Harris for an inning. What you mentioned before about Luke Gregerson, maybe that's where you throw him into the mix. Colin McHugh, you can go to for an inning or two, and so you can use all of these guys to get it to where the one thing I don't want to see is a six out save by Giles. So I I only want to see him in the ninth inning. And then like Chris Sabinski with the way that he pitched in game two, I, like you know, I'm okay with him in the eighth inning or however you want to do it. Musgrove, Sabinski, that type of thing. So yeah, the Astros can definitely kind of shorten the game. But, you know, and also the other thing too, is you also still have to be thinking about Sunday because, you know, you're hoping Keichel's on and you're hoping that, you know, he's the usual Keichel comes out and gives you six or seven innings. But the Dodgers probably thought, hey, it's the usual U Darvish. He he can come out and give six or seven, and he's gone in two innings. And in postseason, things can change on the dime. You have to have contingency plans ready. So, yeah, what you're saying right there, too, that Colin McHugh's definitely a big— uh addition to the roster to have in the bullpen because he came in and had those four innings of relief in the series against the Yankees and he's a starter and can give you those kind of long innings in case something does happen where a starter gets knocked out early or you need to bridge for three or four innings and now that peacock's been used like we said this guy needs to ice his arm for a couple of days you you don't want to overuse him you want to have him available and fresh and strong especially if you might need to use him in back-to-back games like a game six or game seven
1: J.J. Watt throwing out the first pitch. I say let's use him as a pinch hitter maybe in game four or game five. I think he's got the power. He could uh, give, give you a, light, a little
0: right-handed bat off the bench. Hey, by the way, we didn't even speak about this, but there, not only did J.J. Watt throw out the first pitch, not, again, great effort that he did for Hurricane Harvey. Can't say enough. Raised $37 million for the city of Houston. J.J. Uh, deserves a standing ovation. But we, we never discussed – your idol Vin Scully coming out to throw out the pitch before game two at Dodger stadium. And it was actually one of the the great kind of pregame moments that I've ever seen. I don't know if you thought the same thing.
1: I loved it, but if you know, Vin, whatever Vin does, you know, he walks on water to me and, and I, I saw a lot of people out there. They didn't like it. They thought it took too long. They thought it was too cheesy too Hollywood. Well, Vin Scully is cheesy the game is in Hollywood, so I, I don't know what people expected. I think the I think what would have really done it for me is when he called for the lefty. I really wanted to see Koufax, but I knew that probably wasn't going to
0: happen. But hey, well, there's another great lefty, Fernando. I mean, that's another great Dodger lefty. But <laughs> just to,
1: just to go back to our previous point, because I you know this is going to be a story, RG, as I'm looking at this thing on Twitter blowing up with the Yuli the stuff. But you know, you Darvish, remember he was traded before the deadline. And he lived in Texas for a while. Played for the Rangers. He did yes. give one hundred thousand dollars to Hurricane Harvey after he had already left and he was playing for the for the Dodgers. So uh, this guy's a class guy.
0: Yeah, definitely a class guy. And uh, you just hate to hear these things. And again, I, I hope apologies issued. And you know, has to go through. You know, probably might have to take some, uh, sensitivity, uh, training courses, or I, I don't know how the Astros are going to manage this, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you just I just hate to hear a story like this if, again, if it's true and uh, you're, you're reading it off Twitter and as, as we're recording this, uh, post game show. So, you know, I, I just think it's a horrible story uh, to hear about that. And definitely, uh, yeah, you Darvish is a, is a, a from what I've heard as well, great teammate and a really good individual. So you, you just you just hate to see any kind of racial taunts from any kind of player or ethnicity slants or any of that. Any yeah. So, I mean, it just there shouldn't be that in sports. So kind of a, a black stain on what otherwise is a great night in Houston, because this is game three. It's the Astros are up two one in the World Series. First of all, the Astros hadn't won a World Series game until game two and then after you know game 3 they're now up in a world series so this is historic too and yeah i mean it's just great to see this and hopefully the astros can get two more victories and and win this world series best four out of 7
1: how do you feel about the next couple of games because the astros are now 7 and 0 at home during the 2017 playoffs they're they're undefeated do you think they can Win a couple more at home, and we don't have to go back to LA. That'd sure be nice.
0: Oh, definitely. I mean, it would be great to close it out at home in front of the fans, win a World Series, not have to get on another flight to Los Angeles. I'm just more on the realistic side here. The heart, I'm tugging for Houston. I'm tugging for the Astros. You know, we live and uh, die with each pitch in the postseason, especially now that you get to the baseball's ultimate stage in the World Series. I'm just looking at it, you know, teams with back against the wall. And in this Dodgers club, I mean, they won the most game in, in baseball, in fact, until their slide when they lost all those games uh, you know, consecutively, which was just kind of out of character. They were basically going to be like the Mariners or the Yankees with, you know, approaching 120 wins. They still end up with 104. So this is a very good ball club. Uh, you know, i it would be surprising to me if the Astros were able to sweep them. I expect this to go six or seven games. I I would love to see a sweep. now. I mean, excuse me, a sweep at home and the Astros winning in five. But I, I'm realistically more expecting that, you know, this series is going to go back to Los Angeles. But as to your point of how things go tomorrow, again, I, I, I think the Astros have an advantage if they can that in that. If they can get to Alex Wood early and the Dodgers have to go to their bullpen, and we've seen that Dave Robert, I mean, he's Captain Hook out there. He's not afraid to go yank guys, put them in and out. And again, you've got to be on top of your game. And I, I know that Brandon morrow has been sensational that, but the more that you see a certain reliever, like you said, you kind of have to regress to back to the mean, to the average. You know, Kenley Jansen's the only guy that I would say like eighth or ninth. This guy's like, you know one of the greatest relievers that i've I've seen in the Astros even got to him. But for most of these other guys, I mean, it's whether it's a Tony Watson, a Singrani. If they if they have to bring out Maeda again, who's been a starter, he pitched phenomenally. But if you have to bring him out for Saturday and for Sunday, I mean, all these kind of things they all factor in. And or or maybe he decides, oh, I got to use a J- Josh Fields again. That's maybe an advantage Astros. And the Astros now have the rested bullpen. So you know, people say, well, the Astros bullpen is not that good, but I, I'd still rather have the rested arms. That that uh, and you know there are some good arms in there that, as we've seen you know with a couple of days off now for Giles for uh, uh, Will Harris for Chris Davinsky, for Joe Musgrove and you can even use like we said Colin McHugh and and Luke Gregerson and then going. You know, looking ahead to Sunday, you have Dallas Keuchel going, so you have to feel confident about that. Now the Dodgers will have Clayton Kershaw going. I'm assuming that that Dave Roberts is still sticking by his schedule of going with Alex Wood for Game Four and not pushing Clayton Kershaw into a Game Four tomorrow to get six or seven out and rest the guys. I mean, maybe I'll we'll wake up tomorrow and find out Kershaw's pitching. But, you know, like using all these bullpen arms, it, to me, it's made it very interesting. And, and so the Astros, you know, realistically, you know, privately, I mean, they, they want, of course, they want to sweep this weekend series. They want to win all the games. But uh, if you Utah was split, head back to L.A. with a 3-2 to two lead would just, you know, close out one of the games. You got Justin Verlander going in game six, like you said. Uh, that would be something too, you know, so i again, you want to win at home, you want to have the perfect record at home and and win in five, but just realistically speaking, do you feel the same way uh, what's kind of your gut gut feeling there
1: oh just get somehow figure out a way to a, at least get one more win at home i mean that's that's the main thing you you don't want to have to go uh try to uh sweep you know sweep things out in in, in l a that 's not going to happen, so if you could just win one of the one of the two games in Houston for sure and you know you know maybe you know miracle happened you you win both of them but yeah that, that would be that would be the goal i think rg your connection's getting a little weird on me i heard i heard something at the end there so i'm gonna go, go ahead and close things out remind people that it's uh it's a two to one series astros just two wins away from winning this thing go stro's For more interviews, subscribe to Houston Sports Talk on iTunes, or if you're an Android user, download our free Houston Sports Talk app in the Google Play Store. We're also available on Stitcher or the TuneIn app, and our website is (music) HoustonSportsTalk.net.